Hello, hello. Welcome to the eighth installment of Popcorn Talk. Can you believe it? Eight episodes, guys, of Popcorn Talk. Today we are talking about Joker, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Kind of a controversial movie. Um, People are pretty split on this one, but I loved it. This is Logan. I have actually got Elizabeth with me today, Elizabeth Taylor, instead of Annalie just for today. She is going to be accompanying me on a different podcast that her and I are going to be co-hosting together. It is so new that we don't even have a name for it yet. Um, And it's going to be all about TV shows. So Elizabeth, welcome to Popcorn Talk. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. (laughs) Um, I'm Elizabeth. I'm a freshman journalism major, and I just have a lot of opinions about pop culture things so i'm excited you have found the right place (laughs) you are in good hands because we love to talk about this stuff so let me just give you all a quick a quick little synopsis about the joker actually joker it's not the joker i always get that mixed up so here's what happens in joker like i said it stars walking phoenix amazing actor if you've ever seen him before he's fantastic in a lot of what he does basically we get a different perspective of the joker Instead of just seeing him and his, and do his like villainous shenanigans, we actually see a more human side to him. Basically, we see that he's living in an apartment in uh, Gotham, this big city, and he's not living the best life. I am assuming that he's in his like late forties, mid forties, something like that. He's living with his mother, who is mentally ill. And he takes care of her and he is wor- he's working as uh, a clown actually like a clown for hire and basically he gets um i guess you would say he kind of gets what's the word i'm looking for um sabotaged at his profession one of his co-workers gives him a gun and well like an idiot he brings it to a, a gig and he drops it during his act at a children's hospital it's pretty funny actually um and the guy his boss fires Joker, um, and basically the coworker kind of ratted him out anyway. So it just wasn't a good situation. And you can tell that the Joker is actually, um, struggling with mental health. His name is, um, shoot, what is his name? Arthur. Arthur. His name is Arthur. So, um, he's struggling with mental health. He has a condition that and when he's in an uncomfortable situation he begins laughing hysterically he even has a little card that explains to people what that condition is so people kind of disrespect him people don't trust him people are a little bit weird around him because let's be honest it would be kind of unnerving to just hear somebody laughing hysterically in inappropriate situations so eventually he loses he loses his job he leaves with a bang <laughs> uh not literally <laughs> he didn't shoot anybody Uh, yet. Spoiler warning. Um, but anyway, so he gets fired. He stops taking his medications and that's when things really take a turn. Um, he's invited onto his own show or I'm sorry, uh, not his own show. He's invited onto a comedy show. I forget. Is it Murray? Yes. Yes. The guy's name is Murray. Murray is played by Robert De Niro, another great actor. Does a fantastic job. And it's like the opportunity of a lifetime because the Joker or Arthur wants to be a stand-up comedian, but really he's not that funny and he's not very good at one-liners in this movie. He actually gets invited onto the show because of a video of him doing really poorly in a comedy club. Um, And Murray decides to make fun of him on live television. And then 
uh, weeks later invites him on the show. Yeah, so it's really, the pretenses are not that great. And this is after the point where Arthur has been fired and his mother ends up dying. I'm not going to ex- like explain how that works because it's just a whole big thing that you're going to have to watch for yourself because it is crazy. And um, and this is after, yeah, he's been off his medication. So it's a wild ride. And basically it all kind of explodes at the very end after he gets put on the show because this is all happening with this backdrop. Like um, the Joker basically, spoiler warning, uh, it, he kind of starts this political movement without like knowing it because there are like these three people from Wall Street who go on a train with him and they start bullying him and harassing him and assaulting him. And because he has this new gun, he actually kills them uh, while defending himself. The third person, he wasn't really defending himself against, but he kind of pursued him and killed him. But it kind of started this whole political movement, like the people versus the elite white men, kind of, is what I got from it. And so that kind of all comes to this giant explosion at the very end. And I don't really think I want to give it away. Because I think it's something that you really just have to watch for yourself. Because it is entertaining, but it's also kind of an experience. So that kind of does it for the synopsis, the summary, if you will. Let's get into whether or not we liked it. (laughs) So I understand a lot of people were very, um, very concerned. And some people were angry. um, The people that I talked to and from what I read online about this movie because we're seeing a more human side to the Joker, which is very strange because the Joker for is pretty much as long as he's been around, as long as he's been an icon of pop culture, he's been this just villain. He's just pure evil who is goofy and silly and he just loves being evil. So a lot of people were wondering why humanize him? Why give him this tragic backstory? You're just going to take away from what makes him so lovable anyway. And what makes him so interesting as a villain. And I have personally never enjoyed superhero movies, which I know it's like crazy. Everybody (laughs) thinks that I'm a a nutcase for not liking superhero movies, but it's okay. (laughs) I think that that actually helped me out a lot because I've never been um, super dedicated to any comic book character. So because I was able to, I was never in that situation where I was so content with a character that I didn't want to see any change. I think that I was able to appreciate it more. So you kind of told me that you had mixed feelings. Can you just give me a brief summary of why you may have felt that? Um, I'm the complete opposite. I love superhero movies, but I've never been a huge DC fan. Um, Actually, for a a related reason to this movie, the Joker never felt like a real character in any of the movies that I watched. Um, He never had like a backstory he was just I'm crazy and I kill people at least that's how I read it to me a hallmark of good writing is having a character who is morally gray which is something they decided to try to do with this movie but with a character like the Joker who is very well established as a villain that can be really hard to do to actually backtrack and say well, maybe he's he's just, you know, hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, he also... It was hard... The issues that I had with the movie were that it was hard to read what they were trying to tell me. 
they wanted me to feel bad for him because he is severely mentally ill and really lives in just terrible conditions. But he also shoots people. He kills people. Mm-hmm. So was I supposed to feel bad for him in the first place? Is It was hard to um, determine what they wanted me to take away from it. Mm-hmm. They also... At a lot of points, it felt like the movie was on the verge of communicating something and then just didn't really finish it out. There's a scene um, where a police officer accidentally shoots a protester. It genuinely is an accident. He did not mean to. But the protesters, who are already riled up against the establishment, tackle him, and then the scene just changes. Mm-hmm. We move on from that moment. Yeah. Which is fine in storytelling, but in today's political climate, climate that seems a little strange. Huh. That they would include that, yeah. but not finish out their point. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to me to be in a lot of parts of the movie. I did like that it was a very different superhero movie. Oh, yeah. 100%. It did not... I've gotten as much as i love superhero movies they just keep getting bigger and bigger and more the stakes are higher and they're all kind of the same Hmm. it's just these huge blockbuster movies with tons of visual effects and this was like an artsy movie and it didn't have a lot of special effects it kind of focused more on something emotional something more Mm -hmm with more tone, with more mood, and I actually really appreciated that, because for the exact reasons you just mentioned, I just, that's why I don't really do superhero movies. They all kind of blend in together in my book, and it is too many special effects, it's too much tropes, it's too many, it's just too much same old, same old, so she liked the movie, or, um, she, you liked it, but you also had issues with it. Yes. So, she is a little, uh, about it, but I really enjoyed it. So, this is kind of interesting. Like, we haven't really done this on the podcast before. Like, with Annalie and I, <clears throat> we always kind of, like, we're pretty much on the same level. Like, oh, yeah, we both really liked her. Or, eh, it was both. It was like, eh, I don't know about that. But in this case, it's like, I really liked it. And Elizabeth's like, mm, on the fence. So, this is interesting. I'm glad that we have this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and talk really quick about the things that I enjoyed about the movie. Um, because I feel like a lot of people, I, I just don't hear enough about what people like it personally. I hear about a lot on the internet about all, everything that's wrong with it. So let's just go ahead and change it up a little bit. We're going to kind of start with more like what is good about it. So like I said earlier, it's definitely more emotional. It's the mood and tone is very serious, which is ironic because the Joker's catchphrase is like, why so serious? Um, it's different. It's very different. Um, and it's intimate. I love movies that highlight and really focus in on intimacy between characters. I think that that's, I just, I think it's a really good viewing experience for myself. And then of course we have Joaquin Phoenix. He did a fantastic job portraying the Joker. I, I don't really know if anybody else could have done it quite like he can. There's just something about him and his acting, it's a very, his facial expressions are very believable. His tone of voice always makes sense. From what I read, they really wrote the movie to fit him because Mm -hmm. he already fit the character so well. 
Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I just think he did a really good job. And you could tell Joaquin was rail thin. I was worried for the actor the entire <laughs> movie. Every time there was a shot of him, like, shirtless, I was thinking, is is he going to die after they film this? <laughs> is he okay? And that goes back to, like, what actors and actresses are willing to do for their yeah. roles. And it is crazy. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah. So, he really fit the part. He looked the part. and Which is another thing. The cinematography was also really great, if we're getting into technicalities. Yes. Um, I think that they utilized basic rules, like the rule of thirds. Um, we're getting really technical now. Yes. That was all really good. Color theory was fantastic. Yeah. That's what I love about lighting and color theory in film. If you have the right color theory and color to match the tone of the scene that you're filming, you can make the most like disgusting, dirty place look beautiful, can look I get like a work of art. A you absolutely can. There's been a recent movement in comic books toward um, not realism, but focusing on color theory. Mm-hmm. A very popular comic book that is the only one that I actually own is uh, the Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. And each each page, each spread, you can see it focuses on a lot of purples, but if they want other colors, they fade into them. So each each page could just be a poster on your wall because they, they focus so much on just the aesthetic aspects of what they're drawing. Mm-hmm. And I saw that in Joker where they they didn't worry so much about it being perfectly realistic, but they they allowed it to be a little bit more picturesque a little bit yeah which is very interesting because you're dealing with really controversial and sometimes horrific issues Mm -hmm. like mental illness with no um no backing from society and no just no assistance which is a very dark issue but it's a very real issue and the fact that you have those issues and things that play with beautiful visuals to back yes. that up it's very interesting almost like juxtaposition i i loved that about it I, I mean like i said you could take any one of those shots and put it on your wall it was beautiful yes um so i loved that and just the story was very interesting i thought we got to see this different side to the joker i i have never been curious myself about his backstory because i've never been a movie or a superhero movie person i've never really read comic books Never really cared for Batman all that much. Um, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. Because, <laughs> like, it's so weird to say that. Because so many people love this stuff. I but also don't really like Batman. Like, I just, I, fan, so I just don't okay. really care. I just don't really care that much. Yeah. Um, it's not like I hate anybody, but, like, I've just never had that curiosity. But um, I think that it worked very well. Um, I was surprised that... Um, because you know walking i don't know how old he is but he the joker in this movie arthur seemed to be in like his late 40s or early 40s and which is kind of interesting that he would go like he would snap that late in life i think they said he was 30 something 30 something yeah i thought he, he looked older. older he looked older than I think 30 it was because he was so thin and could have been yeah, yeah. And I don't know how old Joaquin is in real life. I think he's in, like, his late 30s. But you're you're probably right, actually. And if that's... I don't know. But I just thought that was interesting as well, that he would snap that late in life and be that devoted to just 
making people miserable. <laughs> Going right off the rails. Yeah, no kidding. And another thing that you said you kind of had weird feelings about, yeah. but I really like about the movie. Um, Elizabeth obviously said that she felt a little bit weird because I guess um, she wasn't sure whether or not, you know, whoever was writing it, whoever was directing it, the forces behind this movie wanted the audience to empathize or sympathize with the Joker. Mm -hmm. And I actually like that. I really like it when we empathize or sympathize with a main character that you don't normally sympathize with, because I think it kind of shows that humans are naturally, first of all, morally gray, as you put it, yeah. a lot of the time. And second of all, capable of sympathizing with horrible people. Is that a good thing about humanity or is that a bad thing? I don't know. It's just a part of humanity. And maybe we don't need to know the answers. Maybe we just need to know that this is how we are. And the fact that we have to, dis we don't have to, but we can discuss this and think about it from like a philosophical perspective. Is this right? Is it okay that I feel bad for him? I think it is okay. Because humans naturally connect with what they understand. You know, that's why, you know, we like seeing our... Um, demographics represented in what we absorb in entertainment. And it's the reason why we communicate with our friends and family. It's the reason we love each other. And it's very interesting to see that just perspective and that theme at play with a story that is so morally gray and so morally ambiguous at times, you know, and just evil as well. Because think, he is evil sometimes. I think the reason that I felt strange about that is that um, I, as a person, don't want to sympathize with the Joker. That's mm -hmm. your inclination when you look at a character like the Joker. Yeah. I also had to question, at the end of the movie especially, but throughout, there are these huge protests really rallying behind the Joker, even though for most of the movie they don't actually know who he is. And it felt like if I came into that movie and watched it and left disliking the Joker, that would, it villainized the protesters. But the things they were protesting were like um, the, the wages were cut for social workers. And there was a, <clears throat> this was a point that they made that was so easily glossed over. There was a garbage strike going on. Throughout the movie, you see these just like piles of garbage. True, it, true. It wasn't until I think fifteen minutes to the end there was a one-off comment about the garbage strike. Of, I don't even remember hearing that. Exactly, comment. that yeah. really annoyed me because I wish they would have said something about it earlier, so I would have followed followed the through with that. issues in the movie. Yeah, with that. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and they were protesting these rich people who just seem to be stomping all over them at the top one so, percent of gotham exactly yeah so it felt like a lot of viewers are going to watch that and then go oh well these protesters are like the joker and they're violent and they're evil but i don't know that i want people to agree with that because they seem to be prote protesting very important issues and that's the thing though like that's what's weird about it. I didn't think that the protesters were vilified at all. Like, I didn't see that at all. I knew that the Joker had his own inner struggle and his own issues that, like, he was struggling big time with his own mental illness. And the way that he went about it was completely wrong. 
I mean, that is an objective fact. And what the protesters did is they saw that um, the man who killed these three men from Wall Street, eyewitnesses claimed that it was a clown. And basically, uh, shoot, Bruce Wayne's dad, what is his name? Thomas. Thomas Wayne? I don't know. what Bruce Wayne's dad was like running for mayor and he was super rich. And in one of his like campaign speeches, he's like, he called like a certain group of people clowns and people saw that as like symbolic and like, I don't, I think some people wondered if like, oh, was this person doing this intentionally because, you know, the mayor called people clowns or was it just a coincidence? Either way, we should adopt this as a symbol of what we're saying. And that's a little bit tricky because we can we didn't really these murders as far as anybody knew were just senseless murders but we saw what really happened and the truth is the joker was defending himself uh at least for two people yeah. the third man the joker shot him and um he literally like chases him down and literally chases, chases him. him down because the guy runs away so that was murder yeah um but anyway no question on that one <laughs> yeah so but anyway, when you adopt like a symbol that is already morally gray, that's kind of like problematic for your it protest. It adds a whole light to the like your movement when yeah. you start off with that symbol. But I don't think that the protesters really understood exactly what they were getting themselves into either. I think that they meant well. A lot of them actually were glad that three men from Wall Street were killed, which is not right. Like it's not cool to wish death upon anyone for whatever reason, no matter how rich or poor they may be. Um, some of them were vindictive, you know, mm -hmm. and some of them just wanted something to change. Some of them did want justice for themselves and their families, yes. but there were some people in the protests that were just, I think probably evil, but right. that doesn't mean that like all the, I didn't think that the protesters themselves were, um, like vilified mm -hmm. necessarily. I think that they were impressionable. Which is different, I think. But I, can see that. I, I see what you're saying, though, too. But tell me more about what you didn't like. Um, well, okay, this isn't really a point. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. This is this story was in a vacuum where nobody had an issue with clowns, apparently, except for like five guys at the beginning who beat a clown up because they're seeing this clown on the front page news and they're like, yeah, man, love clowns. And I'm like, <laughs> that would never happen now. We had like, imaginary clown murders a couple years ago and everyone lost their minds but anyway yeah. that was just a was funny storytelling bit to me yeah um some things that bothered me were when they got back into tropes of like oh wow this mentally ill person stopped taking his medicine and now he's crazy like wow i think everyone's done that by now and um just strange moments that didn't make a lot of sense to me like you go through a lot of the movie thinking he has this girlfriend at the or at end, least or at least some kind of like maybe on and off again partner like it was like becoming a relationship or maybe. something yeah something, something like was that happening with yeah. him and this woman it was a neighbor of his yeah yeah and then at later a later point you wonder what that relationship really was and it's hard to tell mm -hmm. like if that even happened which Ooh, explain is, that some more yeah yeah there's a scene 
where he goes into her apartment, which he's sitting just on her couch without saying anything to her, which would be weird even if you were dating. But she, she says something like, you know, Arthur, is that you? And then she yells at him to get out when he does. It was also vaguely implied that he killed her at that point, which I, or I like think was supposed the, to be gray. Like, whether, yeah. you couldn't tell if he did or not. But mm-hmm. the thing is, after she yells at him, it review the movie reviews scenes that she was in, different locations that he was at, like at a restaurant eating, um, at his mother's like hospital bedside, where she had been with him. And it shows us those shots again, but without her there. Which made me think, oh, so that didn't happen at all. Mm-hmm. He imagined her being there. But Logan mm-hmm. interpreted it differently. Yeah, I may have actually missed what you said. Like, the scenes where we're going back to everywhere mm-hmm. she was ostensibly or allegedly at in his own mind. I may have actually just missed that completely. It may have just gone over my head. Um, if that's the case, then I think we can definitely imply that the scenes where um, this love interest was in his life and comforting him during really tough times in his life didn't actually happen she was never there so that would mean that he broke into her apartment just to sit there in his own stupor and he may or may not have killed her because i think that's really interesting i think that's good storytelling where you question what actually happened like you really believed that she was there and then suddenly you don't know it's complex storytelling and i think that's yes absolutely awesome yeah my problem is if you had taken out every scene with that woman in it the movie would not have changed which is not necessarily bad storytelling it's just weird i think that well i kind of liked that she was even if she was really with him like during those important times in his life to comfort him i feel like it would have been good either way because like i i mean if it didn't happen then we know really just how severe he is severely he wants this reality to happen but it's not reality he's like living in some kind of fantasy literally and that just kind of takes us deeper into his own problems with himself and his own inner struggles so i like that and i also like it i would like it if she really was there because it means that like there was at least someone who gave him some time of day (laughs) there was somebody who gave him some chance and I feel like for most people in the world, there's at least somebody in your life who cares about you at least a little bit, which is realistic. Because I would have been... That's another thing that I kind of don't like about these movies that, you know, take a really emotional standpoint on whatever story they're going with. Like, and they focus on inner struggles. Sometimes the story is like, yeah, this guy's life has been crap his entire life and he ends up doing this. And like they don't show anything good about his life or the person's life and it's like or like anybody who's positive anybody who's been authentically genuine with him Mm -hmm. and that's just not realistic i don't think i think at least everybody has at least someone who kind of cares or shows some kind of humanity so yeah i would i liked it either way i enjoyed that either way i think I, i definitely see what you're seeing or what you're saying and i agree with all of that But what I'm saying is that in storytelling, if you have scenes that are spent on something and then you can cut those scenes and the plot would still advance smoothly, 
then it's weird because her presence in the film didn't change the plot at all which is just a little odd to me it felt a little weird mm-hmm. um and thinking back on it she was like the only woman in the film really besides his mother yeah besides his mother and not to be that person but does this movie pass the Bechdel test no they did not speak speak. explain what that is the Bechdel test is um I think it was originated as a joke but it's kind of sad how many films don't meet it if a movie has fewer okay it's a movie has at least two women and those women speak to each other about something other than the male protagonist's uh, either about him or about his goal if they speak about something else, then it passes the Bechdel test because it shows that there are women who aren't just centered <laughs> yeah. around the man's life. Yeah. And I don't I don't know how much that matters in a film like this, but I did notice that there were just no women, really. Yeah, I didn't... I mean, there were definitely women protesters, but, like, otherwise... They didn't have lines. No. Like, they it, were just there. And honestly, like, w- when it comes down to it, I don't know. Maybe that was intentional because it's kind of implied that he has relationship problems and like he and like there's even a scene where he's like masturbating alone. So you get like this I think I blacked out for that scene to be honest. Oh yeah, he oh yeah. He's like masturbating on in his bed alone when he gets and depressed and his I straight up missed that. <laughs> mentally blocked oh that God. part out. I but don't yeah. have no memory of that. That's crazy. <laughs> so anyway, there's yeah, there's a moment there where he's doing that alone and he gets a phone call. Hey, you want to go on the show? So it's like you kind of get this idea that like he's really lonely and he's desperate for some female affection. So why not alienate him? That's something interesting, too. People have yeah. been talking about this like semi-jokingly as an incel movie, which is involuntary celibate, oh, which God. is this whole whole online movement of men that are just mad that they haven't had sex and we could do a podcast uh, like a 10-part podcast about how that's interesting that would take forever but i didn't see that in this movie to be honest i didn't see him i didn't even think about that for one second i think everybody wants to make whenever there's a controversial current event happening people want to like say oh this thing came out during the same time that this is an issue there must be some kind of connection but there were so many other like issues in the movie that were that are happening in real life i thought it was strange that people talked about that at all no i feel like if if we want to get into like controversial themes of movies this one is about mental illness mm-hmm. and the fact that it is important and it is something that people have and but another thing that we need to understand is that what you choose to do you know if you are suffering is your responsibility you know mm-hmm. so like like there's no excusing the fact that he murdered people you know there's no excusing that even if he was severely mentally ill and he was not getting his medication yeah there's no excuse for that it's that balance between acknowledging mental illness and how it affects people and letting people use mental illness as a scapegoat for their actions yeah and then it's also about it is also politically charged because it's kind of fighting the establishment and I think another big theme is if society screws you over, just screw over society. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you know, like everybody else gets the rules to the game, but you don't mm-hmm. in society's game, like you might as well just 
not play fair. I think that's another big theme, and it kind of explodes at the end um, with that. But we are already at 32 minutes. Oh my <laughs> I know, We're it's fun. Off. <laughs> I, I know, it's really fun to talk about this stuff, but we should yeah. probably get into our ratings. So, I'm, I really liked this movie. I loved it. I loved the new perspective. I think that if you are somebody who doesn't like superhero movies, you will enjoy this new thing. I honestly would give this like a 90 or a 95%. I think the acting was solid. I think the cinematography was great. Tone was awesome. I'm a huge nerd for color theory and lighting, and I think it was perfect. I think that the story was interesting. I just really liked it. For all the things that I liked, there were very little things that I did not like. So 90 or 95%, go watch it. What would you say? I think that while I definitely had some big issues with the movie, um, I've been going crazy for about two years with uh, Hollywood just putting out sequels and remakes. And while this was, you know, in the DC universe, it was not really a sequel or a remake. And it felt different and it was something new. And just for that, I have to appreciate it. I'd say yes. I'd give it a very solid like 75 or 80 percent even mm -hmm. just for that yeah cool well i hope you guys enjoyed this um if you like elizabeth which why the hell wouldn't you like elizabeth she's Obviously. awesome <laughs> <laughs> um she is gonna be with me for another podcast uh all about tv shows so in any case tell us what you thought of the joker or joker i keep saying the joker i thought it was called the joker oh, gosh. it's just joker I'm like an English nerd. I need that determiner before I know. Who oh. is he, you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's Joker, man. And he has a name. It's Arthur. What? They should call it Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, okay, you want to say Arthur? <laughs> okay. So don't forget to comment what you liked about the movie. Share the podcast. And if, like I said, we're going to be doing a TV show podcast. So please let us know so what excited. TV. I know. Me too. Tell us what kind of podcast you want us to do. And reveal because or what is it? Shows. TV shows. Excuse me. Tell us what TV shows you want us to reveal because I'm excited and, and yeah, I'm looking for ideas. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it's spooky season, so Ooh. if it's something spooky, that's like extra awesome. So, anyway, thank you so much for listening. See you next time on Popcorn Talk. <laughs>